I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome along to uh, episode 71 of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am your host for this evening, Andy Wales, and I am joined once again by my audio tag team partner, even (laughs) the one and only Mo Chatra. Mo, good evening. We're back from the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, not just joining for the main events um, <laughs> here for the prelims, the jer- curtain jerkers, as I say. So uh, yeah, you're yeah. back on the full time roster now. Absolutely, yeah, and good to be back. <laughs> so I'm not going to do a John Cena on you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I won't call you a punk ass bitch. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> I've been full though. <laughs> and then you can call me names, and I can stand there for a few minutes going, um. Um, mm, as I try and remember what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, actually, uh, speaking of Roman Reigns, that that takes uh, kicks us off nicely, actually, because we are going to um, preview Hell in a Cell uh, pay per view t- uh, this evening. But before we get started on that, obviously that is a SmackDown uh, exclusive pay per view. But before we kick off with that. Uh, just quickly onto the raw side of things, and more. It um, it seems quite obvious now. I mean, the rumours were abound that uh, we were going to see a Shield reunion. Uh, I mean, perhaps you'd, it's the kind of thing that you'd expect that maybe save for you know one of the the big events. Perhaps not WrestleMania, given the prominence of of each of the guys uh, individually, but perhaps something like a SummerSlam. But no, it looks like uh, we are going to see a shield reunion uh, at the next pay-per-view. Well, absolutely. That's right. Um, so we saw um, in the backstage segment, uh, Roman Reigns at the end of the show, sitting there hurting from a beating and um, Ambrose walked up to him and um, Reigns stood up. And then before he knew it, um, Seth Rollins turned up and uh, they all looked at each other and the uh, fans going ape shit um in the live um in the arena and um i'm sure many were at home it's something that uh you know, many fans have looked forward to almost since the three split up several years ago and 
the reaction was great um, online, social media. It was very good as well. And it's perhaps the only single thing that can get Roman Reigns a positive crowd reaction. <laughs> so um, I think this is the last resort and they're finally playing that card. So fair play. And it looks like we will get to see the Shield reunion and we will finally get to hear Roman Reigns cheered again. Um, <laughs> but um, Oh, no. he's been cheered lots of times. I mean, when Braun Strowman put him through a table, when he put <laughs> him through an ambulance, when he, <laughs> when he knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> when the Mr. Raj hit him with a chair. <laughs> mm. He's had lots of cheers. He's usually been, been getting beat up in the process. When he's at the receiving so. end of something. <laughs> but uh, oh. no, no it, it's something to be excited about, I guess. And... Um, so, yeah, it looks it looks very very imminent now, and um, mm. we didn't sure see the, the we didn't see the little fist bump thing. No, I mean, it, I, I, at least uh, that's one you know one consolation in this is at least it wasn't the Miz and the Miz Taraj. You know, we were going to get a Shield reunion just to take on the Miz Taraj. I mean, that would feel it it wouldn't feel at all special. But the Miz and the Bar together, um, I, I think. Oh. That makes it a hell of a lot better, and obviously the the way that they've been teasing it with the Miz, you know, having a go at, uh, at Reigns, and and then the, we saw them set them up to do the, the the triple power bomb, and then they did the fist bump thing over it as well. You know, it, obviously it was it was you know, clear what they were setting up for, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's kind of I, I guess uh, for fans it's it's going to be fun, but. The thing is, more it's after a, such a popular group split. When they get back together, there's only you can only do that once. It's you know that that first time that they actually get back together. That you know that can only happen once. It can only be the first time you ever see them get to back together first, like like they did with DX, you know. And then the thing is, after that, whenever you keep getting them back together, it's kind of the diminishing returns thing. So, do you think that? this is worthy of, of putting them back together? Or do you think perhaps uh, WWE are maybe sort of getting a bit trigger happy on this, you know, getting an itchy, uh, getting an itchy trigger on this one? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think that they um, are so desperately and happy about the reactions. Reigns continues to receive very adverse reactions that um, they feel that this is almost the only thing that they can use to, try and get a good reaction and that instead of turning him heel um, and then to turn him face, I think that this is the only other way of getting the crowd on his side by bringing him back together with Rollins and Ambrose and um, having a bit of a, a run with the three of them together. Um, and then it might be that, um, you know, they go with a, a split of sorts later on down the line, or it might just be a one-off. Um, and then they might see how he fares after that. Um, but I think they're just trying desperately to get fans to cheer for him. And um, I think that that's the reason for them going with this. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, they might decide to uh, hold off until the Survivor Series and then have a, um, a you know, uh, maybe an elimination match involving the three or um, and a couple more or... Um, Maybe just a six-man with these three, but uh, no, it, it's good that um, you know that for nostalgia at least um, they've brought the three together at last, and um, 
we'll see we we'll see how that pans out on Raw over the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get booed as soon as he goes back to be singles again. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but you have to laugh. You have to laugh. All right then. So Hell in a Cell. Uh, let, let's let's start looking at it. Um, we'll click, uh, quickly mention the pre-show. Uh, Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin versus the Hype Bros. Uh, I might watch this just to see how. Uh, Chad, Gale, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin are progressing. I certainly don't want to see it for the hype bros, uh, despite the, uh, the the tease that we saw a few weeks ago that they might be splitting up. Um, any 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 reason that anybody should re- really watch this one then more? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> we ain't going to um, bullshit you people. We ain't going to bullshit you. No, there's there's just nothing here. Um, no. You know, G- Gable's um, got talent, and um, Shelton Benjamin is obviously a a solid hand. But um, you know, this match will be okay. I don't think it'll be a bad match. It won't be a a great match or anything close to that. But um, it's just there to get things started for the night, and um, it will just feel five, ten minutes, and um, then people forget about it five, ten minutes afterwards. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, the, the only thing that might happen is, as you mentioned, um, possible split of the height, bros, but uh, who really cares? Exactly, who cares? We just need something to, uh, you know, to put in the middle of the 50 minutes of video packages. Um, anyway, um, what about the other tag team match on the cards The for the tag team titles in inside the hell in a cell as well the new day versus the usos um these guys have been tearing it up at times on and off the mic they've you know they've been putting in some good promos together had some fantastic matches this is going to be something different though isn't it hell in a cell in a tag match it could be quite um quite an entertaining spectacle and and interesting to see what these guys will come up with in in terms of how they're going to make this work Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, whether the third member of the team will be outside of the cage, I don't even know if there's room around the ring because obviously the whole um, cage itself takes up so much room, even outside the ring itself. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, if, uh, if um, you know, there's some kind of arrangement. There'll probably be a way of working the third person in so that they have some involvement. And often with gimmick matches, they try and work them in somehow. Um, but uh, the match itself, I'm sure, will be a really, really good one. Their match on the uh, SmackDown where the New Day regained the titles was one of the best matches on SmackDown this year. I thought it was really, really good. And, um, you know, the other matches that they've had between them have also been of a very high standard. So I'm expecting nothing less. And if anything, I'd expect them to uh, come up with some very clever um, spots, innovations for, for this match. And uh, I think this could possibly be the best of the lot between them. So it really has been a very enjoyable feud between them. Um, the question is, though, boys, like what, because you look at the, the tag team division on the SmackDown, it's so thin, you know, there's just nothing there. Mm. is, you know, what do you do with these guys? Because if the New Day return here, 
does that almost say that that's that that's got to be then virtually done or you know do you do you flip the title again you know just to keep this feud going because there's so little else to to for them to work with yeah i think um you know it's a feud that has obviously been going for a number of months now and um i think most fans even though they've enjoyed the matches between them and also some of the promos as well um it will still get Tyson because obviously we've seen it on several, we would have seen it on several pay-per-views as well as um, on weekly TV. So it's time that really they move in a different direction. I mean, you're quite right. There is um, a dearth of talent on the tag team roster on SmackDown, but um, you know, it might be that uh, they decide to go in a slightly different direction, possibly give, Fashion Police, or whatever they call this week, um, um, an unexpected run with a new day and try and move in a more comedy direction. Um, and I wouldn't put it past creative to come up, come up with something like that and um, falling off of a very um, enjoyable um, program, which has helped to elevate the um, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But uh, no, I, I think um, there is the likelihood that there will be a change of direction. I don't see him going much further with these two teams, albeit they are head and shoulders, um, you know, uh, the best teams within the uh, SmackDown roster. And uh, I think that the New Day will retain the titles and um, the Usos will move in a different direction, um, but inevitably um, they'll have to come back into title reckoning but it might not be on, on, on SmackDown. I think when they next have a, another roster shake-up, they might be uh, primed and ready to go back to Raw. And um, you know, if they do, they'll be a, a great team to have um, paired against the likes of Cesaro and Sheamus. And um, you know, those two teams can have a fantastic program and you know, that can go for several more months um, in, in the new year. Mm. So what, what? I mean, that's the thing, is it? it What's the answer here? Is it, you know, is it build up Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin? You know, is it introduce some new tag teams to the division? Because, you know, we we look at how how well the tag teams have been represented in, you know, in, as in the, the titles themselves, the, the matchups that we've been having on SmackDown and Raw. It, it's just unfortunately behind, you know, the, the tag title matches, there hasn't been an awful lot you know, you know, there's there's like what four teams, four or five teams on Raw, but in 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 terms of fan perception on SmackDown, you've only really got two or three teams. That that's the thing, isn't it? So is it that we need some new blood feeding into SmackDown? Maybe calling up something like TM61 from from uh, NXT, or maybe the um, the authors of Pain, something like that. Is that really what SmackDown needs? Um, yeah, I think that's um, possible, but um, I don't expect to see any um, transfers from NXT over to SmackDown um, before the uh, NXT event that takes place prior to the Survivor Series. But then that said, um, you know that's only a few weeks away anyway. Um, but no, it, it might just be that they go with a shorter program of only maybe a few weeks to last up until the Survivor Series pay per view. And perhaps go with Shelton and Gable, or um, you know, Fashion Police, or Breezango, whatever you want to call them, 
Um, and um, after that, um, you know, they might look to freshen things up with um, one, or maybe two new teams coming over and possibly even forming um, teams as well. So if you look at um, somebody like Randy Orton, for example, he's really treading water in a singles division, not really going anywhere. He's a name, um, but he's got real uh, lack of momentum at this stage. So moving him into the tag team division and uh, pairing him with somebody else from uh, the roster uh, might just give him a bit of purpose. And, uh, you know, they've done that to some extent on um, Raw, and that's worked to an extent with uh, Rollins and Ambrose coming together, who between them really going nowhere fast until they came together and uh, then became the tag team champions. Um, so, yeah, th- there is um, the possibility of forming um, a new team after the pay-per-view, um, but then you know, the possibility also, as you say, of NXT um, incomings coming after the uh, TakeOver event in November. Mm. It would be interesting to see uh, what, what, uh, what route they take. Uh, moving on then along the cards, we've got Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler, and I'm look, I'm a big fan of Bobby Roode. I, I've I've admired his work for for a long time, going back to to the uh, early days of TNA. Uh, he's long been you know talent, and obviously what he's doing in NXT and the, and the whole entrance, everything you know that really kind of come across a great package there moved on to SmackDown and then disappeared. They introduced him and then he disappeared off the screens for weeks and then come into this, what I feel more is is a nothing feud with Dolph uh, Dolph Ziggler and this stupid thing that he's been doing for weeks of these uh, fake entrances. Um, I'm not interested in this as a feud. I've I've lost all interest in in Dolph Ziggler completely uh, and I don't think this will help Bobby Roode whatsoever. Well, this is it, you see. I mean, when you know some of the biggest stars from NXT have been brought up to SmackDown, it's been really odd how creative have had nothing for them. I mean, previous to Bobby Roode, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, when you think about his arrival on um, the main roster in SmackDown, um, and they really didn't have anything for him when he first arrived, and um, he got off to quite a slow start. And you just wonder, well, look, um, it's not as if these people are coming from outside promotions and uh, they haven't had a chance to at least think about what they might do once they do step up, whether it's to Raw or SmackDown. Um, so it really shows and demonstrates and evidences a lack of forward planning um, to have nothing for a, a character that can potentially be uh, one of the more popular, more overstars on the roster. Um Rude should win this one, though. Um, Ziggler, as you say, is really uh, of very little interest now as a character. Um, his whole thing around these entrances and making the point that nobody cares about in-ring ability and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it it's, has an element of truth to it, I guess. And, you know, perhaps he does feel that way. Maybe it was his idea, but it has fallen flat to, a, to an extent. So... Um, nice idea in theory but in practice it just hasn't worked and you know it really hasn't got him any more over um, you know it's just kept him at the level he has been for a couple of years now so 
you know, Rude should win this and it would be absolutely balmy for them to put Ziggler over here. And again, they might think, well, OK, let's try and stretch it out. So let's give Ziggler a surprise win and then Rude can oh God. get his win back at Survivors. But we, we just see so much of that and um, I'm really not interested in, in, in any of that kind of nonsense. So Rude needs to be kept strong and parity booking is not the way to go for him. So a clean strong win and move him on to something a bit more meaningful. Yeah, it's, actually, you mentioned there, you know, with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura coming up, but Ziggler was his first opponent as well. So maybe uh, th- this is the thing now where, you know, anyone who comes up from NXT and goes on to the SmackDown brand, your first feud has got to be against Dolph Ziggler. Well, yeah, it seems like he's the uh, new um, gatekeeper and um, he's the kind of litmus test. And if you, do well against him, then uh, you're allowed to um, mix it with the uh, the big boys at the uh, upper re- upper echelon of the respective rosters, especially on SmackDown. Maybe they can put Dolph Ziggler and uh, Randy Orton together as a tag team. Then you know the forgotten the forgotten <laughs> guys or something like that. <laughs> they oh, can both dear. be angry together. Yeah, you know maybe maybe hey maybe that's that's a way of getting getting something out of the pair of them people actually perhaps caring about them or it yeah. might just put, put, put me to sleep for good um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no i mean this is the thing with you know um how modern wrestling is booked you see that um because storylines have to be progressed weekly um and because feuds are bent through a lot quicker than they used to be um you know, talent as a result are um, overexposed. And, uh, you know, you get to the stage where Randy Orton, who, you know, outwardly, if you look at him, you know, he's almost like a legendary figure now because he's been a star for 15 years in the number one wrestling promotion in the world. And he's, you know, what is he now, 13-time, 14-time world champion? Yeah, 13, you know, yeah. You know, that's like that, yeah. Hall of Fame career. And yet mm-hmm. he's less over than he's ever been in his career. And that's yeah. for no other reason than the fact that he's been overexposed during his career and everything we could possibly have seen him do, we've we've seen him do. Yeah. Um, and badly booked over the past couple of years as well. Oh yeah, yeah. But but you know, he's just um oversaturation of Randy Orton. We've been exposed to him for far too long. Um and uh as a result, nobody cares. You know, we've seen enough yeah. of him, and uh, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, he's uh, uh, one of the great workers we've seen in the WWE over the last 15, 20 years. He's a multiple-time world champion, won numerous other belts, taken part in so many great feuds, moments in the WWE over that time. You know, we shouldn't really be reacting to him in this kind of um, way, but we are because you know he's, he, we're just burnt out on him, and he's, he's not the only one, as we say. Dolph Ziggler is another one, and we can point to numerous others. But that's a consequence of the way that the product is booked. Yeah. Yeah, get get Dolph and, and Norton together. RKZ, they can be called, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you are. There's, there's another free one for your WWE. Uh, moving on to the, uh, the US title. AJ Styles defending against Baron Corbin. Um... I'm a bit torn on this more because obviously I love watching Styles perform 
fantastic uh, in well throughout his career, but has been brilliant uh, since coming to WWE. Found another gear and you know become this really good talker as well. I enjoyed him so much as a heel that it's it's almost took a little bit of a shine off since he's turned back babyface. But coming up against Baron Corbin, he's really got a is a challenge on his hands to to make this. I wouldn't say go so far as to say watchable, but certainly to make this an entertaining and uh, meaningful contest in, in my eyes. Well, if anyone can, Styles can. You know, he's um, on his day the best worker in the company, and um, you know he's coming off a by his standards disappointing program with Kevin Owens. So I think he's got something to prove here. I mean, not that somebody who's been one of the great workers in the business over the last. 15, 16 years should have anything to prove, but um, you know he's come off a um, program that really didn't deliver as it should have with Kevin Owens. So you wouldn't want to go into another program with Baron Corbin and not deliver. Clearly, he's not going to be able to have the kind of matches that we've become accustomed to with AJ Styles. But um, you know what we should expect is that he can have a good match. Um, possibly even a really good match with Baron Corbin and carry him to um, one of his best performances. And if you think back to um, one of the great workers of um, the previous generation, Shawn Michaels, you know, he, he um, specialised in doing that with um, inferior workers, really putting out surprisingly good matches against people that were very limited. I mean, you think back to Survivor Series 1996, I think it was, um, with Sid Justice or Sid Vicious as he was called or Psycho Sid um, and um, he had a great match in Madison Square Garden against a very limited opponent and um, you know that's something that Shawn Michaels is a, a high caliber worker specialised in he was carrying limited opponents and making them look better than they really were and that's what um, the test of a really really top class worker is and we need to see AJ Styles do that with somebody like Baron Corbin now to say, OK, here's a limited opponent. Let's see what he can do. And, and the old phrase in, in wrestling was about you know, the top workers being able to have a good match with a broomstick. Well, he's not quite as bad as a broomstick, but he's, he's not one of the better ones, is Baron. Um, so let's see what he can do. And if he can have a good match or even a really good one, then um, it will show that AJ Styles at 40 years of age still has um, you know, plenty to offer. But if he can't, then it might be, you know, another indication that, you know, he's perhaps past his prime and he's on the slippery slope down. And that, that would be a shame. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that's quite the case. But <clears throat> I, I'm, I've got the feeling he, he will keep the title here. I think really, really he needs to because I, I just don't think there's any interest in Corbin actually holding the title or taking the title. I, I don't think there's enough interest in the title itself other than, you know, that the, you know, started doing the United States uh, Open Championship thing again. But do you think there's, the Styles is going to re- retain here or do you think there might be a switch on the cards? Um, I think there's a possibility of a switch. I mean, obviously they were grooming Baron Corbin for, um, potential uh, world title run with the money in the bank, which he then 
um, relinquished mm. unsuccessfully. Um, so they clearly had plans for him, but I think he had some heat with um, people backstage. And it's a question of whether he's been able to get back into the relevant people's good books again. And if he has, they might decide that actually putting the United States Championship on him might be the way to rebuild him back up to where they intended to go with him. So I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, you'd favour Styles to retain, um, but there is still that chance that Corbin wins um, and uh, perhaps um, stretches that feud out. I mean, clearly there will be programmes um, and matches from this show that will continue after this. And given it's a, it's a relatively new programme, is Styles and Corbin, uh, this is one that they might decide to kind of go a little bit longer with. So therefore... Um, you know, it's certainly something you can't rule out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Styles should be the favourite, but Corbin has that chance of victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the women's title then? Natalia defending against Charlotte Flair. Now, could we possibly see here that Charlotte wins the title and then we get a cash in? Do you think that could. Could, pos- could that happen? Because what I'm thinking here is, when you look through the card, there's not an awful lot on there to really grab you, is there? I mean, it's been predominantly built around uh, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Uh, and the women's title picture has been a little bit flat lately. And it does feel as though Natalia is just a kind of a placeholder for something else. So I, I do wonder more, is is that what we could potentially see here as a way to, to jump straight into a feud between Carmella and um, and Charlotte? Oh, I think that's very possible. Um, I mean, Charlotte obviously came back recently and, um, you know, coming off of being away, looking after her dad, obviously. And I was quite relieved in a way that they didn't come out with really tasteless promos or some tasteless angle uh, based on Ric Flair's recent health problems. Um, but give him time. There's always the chance. Uh, that they yeah, might give them up. time. Give, I was just about to say, give them time. Speak to, I'm not going to speak too soon just yet, but um, thus far at least, nothing um, out of order or too tasteless um, in terms of that. But Charlotte Flair is certainly betraying herself um, more of a baby face than she did prior to her um, recent absence. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of her and um, Carmella, that's certainly possible. Um, and, you know, this might be the show that, um, you know, we see that kind of surprise because, as you say, that there isn't really anything on this. There's, well, there's not much on this card that leaps out as um, a potential swerve that will leave people surprised. Um, but certainly Carmella emerging victorious with the title following um, some kind of screwy um, kind of manipulation that allows her to overcome Charlotte Flair, that's certainly possible. So um, I, I wouldn't rule it out. But um, I still think that Natalia will retain the title and uh, Charlotte's time will come um, perhaps on another occasion. I think that... Um, Natalia was somebody I originally thought when she won the title would relinquish it very quickly. Um, but I think that she might just hold on to it because we do know that they like um, the belts that remain on heels um, traditionally. 
um, the faces get to win titles and then lose them not long after, whereas the longer title reigns tend to go with the heels. So um, I think they're going to try and build the title up with Natalia as a champion for a little bit longer, and Charlotte might then get a chance um, later on down the line. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to put my money on the table and say, yeah, we will have a a heel champion by the end of the night, and and I and I'm going to go with that Charlotte wins, but then Carmella immediately cashes in, so we do end with a heel champion. Now I'm going to go for it. What the hell? Why, so there you go. Why? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Ball prediction, uh, which means it'll probably be wrong. Uh, right next up. <laughs> Uh, I know you don't care, and <laughs> neither do I. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Uh, it's a shame to say that. But, I mean, when you, like you said, you know, when you look at the career of Randy Orton and the fact that I do like Rusev, and there's, you know, there's such an upside to him if he's used correctly, but correctly, and everything else. But he hasn't been, and for the way that this has been built and the way that these guys have been booked, I'm afraid I just couldn't care less about this match. Neither could I. Um, yeah, the, the whole angle, I mean, was just a bit of a nonsense with, uh, you know, Rusev getting a win and then being awarded the freedom to his hometown in Bulgaria. Um, it's all very, very hokey and um, it's just turned um, Rusev into a comedy character now. And, uh, you know, he, he was a guy who was, you know, uh, almost a bona fide main event talent. Yeah, on, Monster uh, Hill. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. the way that he's been booked this year has been nothing short of disgraceful, quite frankly, given there is a shortage of, you know, top tier bona fide main event acts, you know, on both rosters. Um, so for them to just um, allow Rusev to, you know, turn into mid card comedy act, like a giant sized version of Santino almost without a sock. Um, you know, it's, it's just um, really unfortunate and sad to see. And what didn't help was the uh, flag match at um, Great Balls of Fire, I think it was, where, you know, he really should have gone over Cena and they chose not to go um, and give him the victory. And, and that was a match where, you know, Rusev could have won without pinning or submitting John Cena. So Cena could have at least um, been protected in that way. But, oh, no, they couldn't do that. So, um, and, and Rusev, um, ever since, has... Uh, not exactly had a, a great time of it career-wise. So um, as much as I'd love to see Rusev get a much-needed win, um, I fear that um, they'll put Randy Orton over and Rusev will be buried even further down the pecking order. Yeah, ever since they went down the whole love triangle uh, angle with, with Rusev, that's it. His career has, has, has never been the same. Yeah, they really do need to just take him back to being that monster aggressive heel because he's so damn good at it. Uh, and he's he looks he legitimately looks that way. And his the style that he can work in it works for that type of a character. You know, it's it's, it's a real shame what they're doing to him, but yeah, I'm afraid this match I couldn't care less about it and I couldn't care less who wins, man, but. But for the record, I fully expect Randy Orton to go over here. Whether that means anything whatsoever, God only knows. Probably not. <laughs> um, so on to uh, the last two matches, the two big ones on the card. We'll go 
two. I'll look, we'll save the title match for last because it, it should be uh, the, the last one we talk about. So Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, uh, falls count anywhere. Hell in a cell match. Um, slightly bizarre rules for considering you're actually inside a steel structure and there's barely any room outside of the uh, of the ring. But that I guess that indicates that at some point. They're going to break through the cell and we're going to see a pinfall either on top or Shane is going to, they're basically setting us up for Shane jumping off something here. That that was my take anyway. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, as soon as the match was announced straight away, you were thinking, right, um, Shane, big, big high spot, probably off a cage, um, possibly through a, a ring announcer's table. Um, that's just the obvious conclusion that you come to, and um, you know that 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 would explain why they've come up with the uh, false cat anywhere stipulation as well. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's something that I think that has actually been reasonably well built. Um, you know, some of the other programs that we've just discussed, um, the booking has been completely uninspired and uninspiring. Whereas with this, um, especially off of the back of the uh, angle between Kevin Owens and Vince um, some two or three weeks back on SmackDown, um, you know, it's really been booked quite smartly and quite well and, uh, you know, helped to get Owens over um, even more strongly as a heel. And, um, you know, that, that's been really good to see. So, um, you know, you, you wouldn't expect Shane to emerge victorious from this. You'd hope. That, um, You'd hope he, put, he wouldn't be. You'd hope so, but is that why I, we're, I we've got the false count? Yeah, is that why we've got the false count anywhere so that he can jump off something? You know, a guy in his mid forties can jump off something and then land on him, and that's how we get a pinfall. Is that how the you know they feel that they're protecting Kevin Owens in in their in their mind? Well, that's it. You see. Um, you know, that's the way that um, they potentially can work it. But uh, I think any kind of loss for Kieran Owens against um, a non-performer, especially one that can't throw punches, is, is not really um, going to be great. But, um, you know, nonetheless, you know, they can always come back and have Owens go over ultimately as part of this feud or program. I mean, it's a bit difficult to see exactly where they're going with this other than to... Uh, you know, give Shane an opportunity to go out there and work another big match with a massive memorable bump, uh, which he obviously likes to do. Um, but you know, Kevin Owens is somebody that we talked about earlier this year is um, potentially deserving of a title run. And um, you know, if that's going to happen, then ideally he should come out of this with a strong win um, to then move into the title picture. Um, but, you know, if, Shane wins this match, then you certainly can't see an end to this program, and it will certainly have to continue for a little while longer, at least. Um, but of the two, I, I, I would have thought that uh, Kevin Owens um, will will lose it just purely because of the stipulation, almost giving away the likely ending, uh, which almost certainly involved Shane taking a massive bump. Um, off of somewhere and uh, getting a victory outside of the ring um, and outside of the cage uh, to finish the contest. Mm. Oh, you, you mentioned it's been built well. I, I think it has been booked quite smartly and 
and and Shane has, for his part, has, has been, I'd, I'd say, fairly good. But I, I think we've really seen Kevin Owens shine in, in this part of it. I, I think in terms of you know them holding up their own in the build, I think Kevin Owens has completely and utterly outshined Shane on the microphone and everything. I, it's, it's again that that segment with Vince it just really put over that I think Kevin Owens is the closest thing we've got modern day to to what Steve Austin could could do in, in terms of that that chemistry with the crowd and just that feeling of you know the anti authority figure of of course you you going back to the the heyday going back to the Austin era that was you know that was the the baby face in that role now we you know we flipped it over and it's the heel and it's obviously he's putting it over in a heinous way and he's and he's just doing it so brilliantly and it's just it's the things that Kevin Owens says and for me it's all the little things you know it's just the little things and it's a screaming and shouting when you know when he's in matches or when he's beating someone up I, I just this is this has been I think has been testament the last last month to to just how great Kevin Owens really is. Oh yeah, he is a supreme talent, and um, like we were talking about earlier on, um, you know, he also I'm, I'm certain would have been feeling slightly disappointed in himself not to have um, delivered a better series of matches with AJ Styles. I mean, they had a number of matches together on pay per view and television, um, but none really hit the heights that both guys are clearly capable of. So again, he will go into it. Wanting to prove that you know he, he um, can still uh, deliver um, at a high level. I mean, with Shane McMahon, he's clearly not going to have a match of the year. Um, but what he can have is is a really, really great spectacle of a match, and uh, you know that that's the sort of thing that um, you know could certainly help um, with um, you know his his career to, to get the word out properly trajectory and. Uh, you know, even even with a loss, um, but you know, I'd love to see him get over with a victory. But um, I, I think that uh, there is obviously that clear um, tease that Shane will have his hand raising victory. Yeah, let, let's hope not. Let's let, let's hope not. That I do think that would be a terrible, <laughs> terrible direction to go. But you know. Yeah. Let, let's just let's just see. So that just leaves us with the uh, the WWE Championship. Uh, Jinder Mahal facing Shinsuke Nakamura. Do we finally see uh, Shinsuke win the title here? Do you think, or with the with the upcoming tour uh, of India planned? Do you, do you think the WWE will want to keep the title on uh, Jinder Mahal just that little bit longer here than more? Well, I actually um, think we're going to see a title change. Um, I think that um, the way that they've booked the lead-up and the build-up to this match on SmackDown hasn't been the greatest. Um, it's largely been comprised of, um, you know, Jinder and his cronies, the Singh brothers, staring at the Jumbotron, looking at pictures of Nakamura and um, laughing at him and laughing at his... Uh, facial expressions um i've I've certainly seen better um kind of build-ups to matches in the past this is not one of the better ones i've seen um but all that said um you know it's been 
very much um, the cocky, overconfident champion. And um, I think that they will go with a title change here because, you know, it's something that um, I think Nakamura needs as well. I mean, he's somebody that we've talked about um, on previous pods is somebody who's, you know, coming up towards 40 years of age, don't forget. You know, he's um, no spring chicken. And, uh, you know, they can't carry on with this feud where um, the champion Mahal gets two or three wins on um, pay-per-view and still carry on with the feud. So I think they'll want to carry on with the feud, but they'll have to go with the title change um, for Jinder to then regain the title and then to tour India, as you mentioned, in December as the champion. Um, I'd be surprised if he has an uninterrupted title um, title reign right through till December and he's still the champion then. I think that um, there will be a bit of a back and forth and we've already seen this year, and we've talked about it, that um, WWE is certainly more um, open to uh, flipping title change uh, titles um, between different um, individuals or teams um, more than it had been in recent years. Um, so that's why I'm predicting a title change. Yeah, I've got to say, I do quite fancy a title change here, and, and I don't think that they actually need to have the title on Jinder Mahal for for the uh, for the tour of India, I, I think if you know if the whole point to the exercise of putting the belt on on Mahal was was to raise his profile, then I'd say objective has been achieved. You know because he's he's been quite a prominent figure. He's been headlining pay per views. He has a very good, but he's been quite prominent, and he's certainly he's not shied away from it. So I th- for me. You know, objective achieved. I, d- I really don't think that they actually need to have that title on him. He can, they, they can have matches. Uh, it can be Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Mahal having matches, uh, title matches in India. And it'll, for me, it'll be just as popular whether the title, whether he's got the title or he's fighting for the title. I, I don't think that's uh, that has to be a necessity. Uh, if, you know, in yeah, terms yeah, of that no. tour. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, probably the most effective, um, uh, most headline-grabbing way of um, using Mahal might be uh, dream matches with a great colleague and um, maybe in the Punjabi prison matches to boot. So um, imagine Just that as long as the... you don't televise them. <laughs> oh, God. Dear, oh, dear. <laughs> uh, that might just put me off watching WWE for life if that happened. But uh, no, I mean, you know, seriously, though... I think you're quite right. I mean, he's probably reached that kind of level of stardom in India. Um, and he has had a, had a fair bit of mainstream publicity in India as well. Um, to be able to go there and be a bona fide draw and get punters in uh, without having the title around his waist. Um, it's clearly not been good for the championship. And as we pointed out, this is supposed to be the premier title in the company, not the Universal Championship, this one. Um, so for the belt to be um, around the waist for uh, much of this year now, um, around the tie- around the waist of a, an individual that really shouldn't have been the champion, um, you know, this is something that just needs to come to an end. We have said that though um, for probably two or three pay-per-views now, um, but he comes out victorious and retains the title. But really, even if it's for just the space of a month um, leading into the Survivor Series. I'd like to see a title change and um, let's just see what Nakamura can do. The match itself, I don't think will be 
um, anything special because, um, as as you mentioned, Mahal is not all that great. But um, at the least, if fans can be sent home happy, seeing the title change, seeing Nakamura become the champion, um, then it will still be a productive um, use of 15 minutes of our lives if we can see a title change. I'd certainly agree with that. I would, without a shadow of a doubt, agree with that. Now, I've got to say more, the, the last pay-per-view we had, the Raw one, that was, I thought we had really good build-up, you know, really, really good build-up all round to a pay-per-view that, f- for my money, was really disappointing and underwhelming. What, we've, what we uh, have seen in general, you know, quite often over the past year, though, is the build-up has been rather disappointing and then the pay-per-views have over-delivered. Well, what we're looking at here potentially is other than a couple of matches here where the build-up, as we mentioned, has been pretty good, we've got some rather underwhelming and at at times, quite frankly, piss-poor build-up. So could we be in store for a a pay-per-view that over-delivers? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, and, and you're quite right. I mean, it, it's uh, been a, a regular kind of trend that um, those shows that have had a disappointing build-up do end up um, delivering quite well on the night. Whereas, as you say, um, those few um, events that have had a decent build-up, like No Mercy, as you point out, um, don't um, quite hit the levels of expectations that um, most of us have leading into those shows so yeah I think you're quite right that this is something that um, hasn't had the greatest of bills but you know you look at the lineup of matches and um, you can certainly point to um, two or three as matches that could um, turn out to be really good um, in different ways as well you know we've got a tag team title, uh, title match which will um, almost certainly based on recent experience be very very good um we've also got um the uh hell in a cell match between owens and um shame at mine which might not necessarily be a great technical match but um as i said earlier should be a great spectacle and um you know charlotte um you know when she's motivated is um arguably the best female worker in the company and uh with natalia you know if she's got her working shoes on and those two can have um, a really impressive match too. So, yeah, certainly up and down the card, um, you know, there's a lot to offer. And uh, you know, the, the, the matches um, you know, by themselves should be uh, really good. But I think the ultimate kind of reaction to the event will be, um, I think, largely determined by the outcome of the main event um, in terms of the uh, WWE Championship contest. And... Uh, you know, if that's the final match and we see uh, Mahal retain the title, it will certainly uh, leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth for fans who might have uh, otherwise enjoyed the rest of the show. Mm, yeah, fair point, yeah. Well, there you go, folks. I mean, that is your that that is your Hell in a Cell uh, preview. I, I, won't, I won't sing the Vince McMahon song. We're, we're not at that stage yet, don't worry. Uh, but before we go, um, a word more on um, wrestling losing another one of its um, its famous names. I mean, historians, perhaps younger fans will not be quite so familiar, but historians will know about him. 
happen. Um, the announcer, TV announcer Lance Russell uh, died this week. Uh, he was no, uh, best, probably best known for his, his work uh, in Memphis wrestling uh, with the likes of Jerry Lawler and Jackie Fargo and uh, Bill Dundee. Back in the back in the seventies, sixties, seventies. A word on the passing of Lance Russellmore. Yes, um, one of the legendary um, commentators in the history of the business who passed away this week, um, and um, you know, a, a very very influential commentator, worked in the business for decades, um, but most closely linked, you say, with uh, the Memphis territory, which was obviously made famous by uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who, um, you know, after his, um, the prime of his wrestling career, I mean, I, I should say, um, not after his career, because he still wrestles um, occasionally, even despite his recent health problems of the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, if you ask Jerry Lawler, if you read his book, you know, he give him enormous credit to uh, the role that Lance Russell played in commentary and putting over his, um, various matches, his feuds and everything else. And uh, that's why Lawler was able to headline uh, the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis on a weekly basis and regularly attract 8,000 plus fans to that building for year after year after year, You know, going from the early to mid-70s um, right through to the late 80s. And it's only into the early 90s when the attendance has started to drop off and tail off. Um, had many, many great programs and established helped to um, turn unknowns into big stars who then went on to have very successful careers. And all, all of that was really down to um, the great work that Lance Russell did. And, you know, if you ask the people like um, Jim Ross and others who followed in his footsteps, you know, they'll all point out the uh, role that Lance Russell played in um, helping them to develop um, their own unique styles and um, ways of announcing matches and, uh, you know, he, he will certainly be missed uh, within the wrestling business. So uh, sad news for uh, fans of um, long-term fans, but especially fans of the Memphis Territory. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sad news again. Uh, but before we go, then, more is uh, anything you're working on at the moment you'd like to share with the listeners? Um. So I've got um, an article coming out in next month's issue of uh i was going to say fighting spirit magazine i don't write for them anymore um total wrestling so apologies to the editor of total wrestling if he's listening um and uh, yes my my next column um my next article i should say will feature in the november issue and um that'll be looking at uh, the tv situation for the wwe in the united kingdom so there you go. Oh. We will uh, we'll make sure uh, we we put that one up on our Twitter account, uh, which, in case you're not following uh, or not aware, is at pw underscore index. But that wraps uh, this wraps up this uh, episode of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, as always, uh, I want to thank my uh, my on-air tag team partner Mochatra for joining me and we want to thank all of you the listeners for hitting that download button and listening to us on a regular basis we really do appreciate you being a part of the show uh, but until next week uh, when we will be looking back on the uh, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from me Andy Wales it's bye-bye now
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.